0: time in the saddle myself ryan o'connor jason lint how's it everybody yeah
1: good to see you
0: ah feeling really great i've been spending so much time on my bike a quick check-in on the miles uh i'm currently on about almost 350 kilometers for the month
1: good going good going i didn't get any time in the saddle in the last week but i clocked a lot of hours on strava going down a hill after a chairlift
0: i saw that uh on the snow on the ice uh exercising some core strength while i was in in the heat the 40 odd degree heat in the western cape you are in minus like five degrees
1: yeah no it was awesome and i'm quite looking forward to seeing how that altitude trainings helped yeah. my my legs for riding in the next few days
0: it's going to be great there's a couple of exciting things to talk about the past we had the past week the sa road national championships hosted in the city of chwane took place and daryl MP again working very very hard and he says every year just gets harder to retain that that title but uh, taking it again
1: yeah, that's great. Hey? Good for him.
0: Good for him. And uh, now he gets to wear the uh, the jersey abroad. It's a special jersey that gets created as the SA Road champ. You'll notice, and that's just a heads up for to anybody else who watches and enjoys watching cycling, you'll see that the various cyclists from around the world in whatever discipline that they're cycling in, if they're the national champion for their country, they're entitled to wear the country's colors somewhere in their jersey, respectively. So that is what Daryl gets to do now. And that was good for him. I'm just looking at pictures from the podium there.
1: It's always quite interesting how the, the real pro cyclists take quite a lot of offense to an amateur wearing like World Cup colours or something, you know, if we, for you and me, we go stick on a cap. It looks all cool, but yeah. if you get a Tour de France guy uh, in your presence, he'll, he'll give you gears about it. You don't deserve to wear that stuff unless you deserve to wear that stuff.
0: There is there is a lot of it. I think that we don't appreciate this as amateur cyclists. Things like we buy equipment, we buy gear like cycling tops, like polka dot jerseys or various things, and it's, exactly. it's, it's all good and well to go on your training ride on a on a Sunday and there's nobody else with you and you're going to do a little coffee and you're wearing the mm. merchandise. But when you start to wear that and you start doing events with it on, it does kind of get frowned upon by the cycling community and not so much the amateurs but more the professionals because they work very hard to achieve those. Here's a classic example. It's like going to go play club cricket for your club side wearing a proteas top. Uh, same in the
1: cycling world. Yeah, exactly.
0: That took place. We've had tanker take place as well. A lot of our friends were out there. That uh, took a few victims. Conditions.
1: Yeah, 50 degrees, I believe.
0: <laughs> a lot of people uh, having problems with hydration etc. Yeah. Battling over the four days.
1: Yeah, uh, I haven't been lucky enough to do tango yet but back in the day we did the Cedar Bird Escape event which was out there and I mean, that event took victims. You, you're out in the heat. There's nowhere there. You get mm. delirious. You're looking for a bush to hide under and get shade, and nothing's higher than knee height. But, you know, I remember sort of just wishing to myself I wanted to crawl under a knee-high bush and and, and cool down a little bit.
0: If you listen to this and you've done any kind of a major big cycling event, and we know that Tunkwa's uh, ticked off the list, especially for those training for ABSA Cape Epic, that would be a big one in the bag. For all the international teams that come out, and we think of guys, and recently you and I attended uh, an evening with the Cannondale Factory Racing guys. Yeah, oh, who won it
1: really was a superb event yeah. so it's great to interact yeah. with the guys like that get a Q&A with them and, and just hear about the back end of a professional team like them
0: and it's amazing you know their calendar never ends they get on a plane literally after an event like this they go and they've got a couple of events in Europe that they'll participate in and they'll go and they'll come straight back and almost time they get their timing right to get stuck into the ABSA Cape Epic and uh, from what we both yeah serious contenders and we know that the Scott riders I and mean, well Scott's the current champion in terms of if you look at bikes that have won it Nino Schurter is on the spot. He's a current reigning champion. He'll be coming back to Cape Town to defend that title. And now you've got the likes of Manuel, who's desperate with his riding partner, who's the current world champion in terms of Marathon World Cup events, to take Nino Schurter's place in terms of a podium finish for them this year. And you can see that they're hungry for the win.
1: Yeah. No, look, you know, I think it's a combination of excitement and the buildup and the yeah. fact that you got to back yourself that you're going to get there. One of the things I took away from it is, is Manny's comments about the needing to know when you must just back off so that you're not landing up sick or something. Because yeah. if you're sick for a week, you, yeah. you can't get that week of training back and it can be the difference of peaking at the right time for an event or not so I think anybody training for big events now that's what they're focusing on, you know, keeping that consistency of yeah. training right up to the event
0: but it's also incredible to, to see that he's by far the oldest member in his team, he's uh, 37 years old and A, he doesn't look and B, that experience that he's gathered, it, it counts tremendously you look at some of the younger riders and you see the kind of level-headedness you need and the experience you need to cycle in a professional team and have that age behind you, and we think even of road cycling Teams in previous years, when we watched Tour de France and it was at its peak in terms of viewership, when we had a George Hinkapi in a team who'd never go out to win a stage, but he'd be have so much experience, he'd be the fall upon guy or the fall on guy that having a team with, with Armstrong in it that, that it would be it would be so much experience. It's that experience that you want in a team when you're picking a team to win a tour. And uh, Epic's no different being a two man team, it's obviously a lot harder. But you got a guy like Manny who's super experienced, he knows exactly when what emotions, the kind of fitness levels, where when he needs to peak, like you mentioned, and he's now got Enrique as a partner, who's the current Marathon World Cup champion. What a combination. I think it sends a massive warning out to everybody who's participating that this is going to be a crunch year in terms of the Absa Cape epic. So we'll talk more about that and we'll have some guests in. Also, we'll hopefully have Kevin Formakia, a man who now has an empire, not right. not
1: really you involved world. If he can make anymore. some precious time available for If, us. He,
0: if he can squeeze <laughs> some time away from doing home decor to come and chat on this podcast, we will have him. And I bumped into our friend Dave Baleas, who'll be back as well in this podcast because he wants to talk about Cape Town Cycle Tour because that happens obviously before Epic and there's a whole lot of things. Sure. That we, Everything's we to back about.
1: to back this year with yeah. the way holidays and everything fall, so it's going to be a busy period in the beginning of March.
0: And I see a lot of news and this is something that I'd like to focus on because it seems as though and I don't want to say we're both there yet but I mean with every year and with every week that passes by we're getting there. A lot has been said in various cycling publications and in the cycling world over the past couple of weeks and the past couple of days that I've noticed about age in cycling and saying that the older cyclists um, that we're seeing now are leaner, fitter, putting out incredible times on routes. And they highlighted a couple of the slightly senior riders. I'm talking 60 plus riders that are on mountain bikes that are blazing on mountain bikes at the moment. It's almost like 60s the new
1: 40. Correct. I mean, you know, when I was Probably 25 uh, or 28, doing Epic for the first time, looking at the Grand Masters category where it's 60 plus year olds. There were probably five or ten guys competing yeah. and you pretty much were going to land up on the podium yeah. and I sort of said to myself yeah, I don't have to be competitive now when I'm 60 I can yeah. I can beat win eight it. other people I'll win it and I think before I'm 40 I've had to give up on that because it's just gotten more and more competitive and there's more 50 and 60 year old riders than, yeah. than 30 year old riders sometimes
0: and this is fantastic because you make so many people happy you know a dad that's trying to get on the bicycle get fit maybe start small and maybe get to a level where he can compete in some kind of event it's great it's phenomenal your medical aid will love you you'll get so many if you're on a point system and a point scheme where you can redeem your points they're gonna love you
1: well i love it if they still want to stay trendy and have the <laughs> latest greatest products yeah. if they're happy to just <laughs> stick with what they had 15 years ago then i think we need to find 30 year olds
0: the older you kind of get and especially for the and again i say and we don't want to call you seniors because jason and i are chasing you down rapidly at a rapid rate is that you kind of have more time on your hands and instead of doing things like fishing or playing uh, six hours spending six hours on a golf course more and more people are finding themselves on
1: bicycles okay. and This is great. And if you've got a CSA license, you don't get your pensioner's discount. Really? No, but I think we should do that. (laughs) We
0: should should chat to them. We should try and get something going on this podcast. We have enough people that, that vote for it. We can make it happen. So we're seeing this trend, and we're seeing people with a lot more time on their hands and a lot older getting involved in cycling, whether it's mountain biking or road biking. And what it means is, like you said, it's becoming more competitive, and we're seeing more categories open up for veterans in terms of events around the country. And it's now become a real hot Title to battle it out for. Um, Tanqua, we've got Epic coming up, and every event that seniors group, and not seniors, it's veterans, uh, senior veterans, I mean, that group is just growing and growing and growing. And with that is coming the most incredible times. We're seeing categories, personal PBs in categories being smashed, records in categories being absolutely blitzed for certain events, for certain kind of a sections of Strava on certain parts of routes. And we're talking about times that are fractions of the pace of of some of the more of the younger footer guys. I won't say footer, but certainly the younger guys.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And, it's, and you know, the thought that comes to mind, is Some what Manny said as well about keeping it passionate and doing it for the fun of it when you're ready to do it. Whether yeah. you're a kid, you know, let them mess around. And if they're happy to compete at under 23, let them do it so that they don't burn out by the time they break through the under 23. And in that, in that older category, it's the same. Some of them are people that might have raced in their... In their um, prime and took a break and are back at it now. Mm. Some of them are new people in it, but at the end of the day, they're all people that just love it and want to be there, and that's why they do so well at it.
0: What I love about it as well is that, you know, they say you can't teach an old dog uh, new tricks, um, and with mountain biking, you kind of have to learn all those new tricks to to stay on a bike and stay on a uh, single track and the technical stuff, but certain things, they they never forget. I I stopped just recently at the dairy shed. Obviously, it's a midway stop on a ride. I'd pick up a croissant and a coffee there, and a bloke pulled in. I'd reckon, and I don't want to show Changing, he must have been about seventy years old, and he stopped for his cup of coffee. And out of his Bub he pulled out, and it was cling wrapped, but banana bread. Yeah, that was cling wrapped, right? And um, we had a little. Uh, I still said, "Oh, that looks really nice. Are you, are you, uh, you know, are you uh, got a little bit of EPO in there to get at the news and he was like, "You know what? My wife packs me, or I, she makes fresh banana bread every weekend, and I get this banana bread. And I've been, I've had this banana bread for the past fifty years. When I was a runner, I had it every <laughs> on every run. Now that I'm cycling, I have it on ev- in every cycle." Michael, I don't put that other rubbish that you youngsters put in your body, I don't put that in my body. Banana bread? I'll get me over any hill that I feel would come across. I'll get over with banana bread. Yeah, that's brilliant. Huh? And so that story for me, I mean, that was just great. He's having his cup of coffee and he's trusted banana bread, and I'm sure that that that, that, that that's one of a gazillion stories of people that um, that that you know that have their own way of doing things and they've done it for forever and uh, and still rely on that to to push them through an event or over a hill, whatever the yeah, case may and, be.
1: Yeah, and we've we've spoken about food before, just really food is, is always a way to go sometimes. Nice.
0: And respect elders on the, on the track. They, they, even though they come past you, like they go, come past me at a high speed, uh, respect them on the road. Let's let's talk quickly. I saw something interesting um, happening at the, the Giant store, and I saw the post go out, and I was waiting for this r- to arrive here, because this is another game changer. Uh, we've been speaking, and we've spoken about e-bikes over the past while, and more specifically, the mountain e-bikes that Giant have out. I've seen recently in your store in Cape Town that the road bike, uh, the demo road bike is now here, and you and I were having this conversation offline a while back about this being a game changer for road uh, a bike users because now all of a sudden the same guys that wanted to do the mountain uh, biking but find themselves constrained for time, maybe they've got a heart condition, maybe they've got some kind of condition that prohibits them for getting out from getting out and pushing their heart rate up too high, they'd, they'd go on an e-bike um, a mountain bike, the road bike from Giant is now out.
1: Yeah, I mean you know I got back to the store the other day and the guys were raving about it. They'd been yeah. testing it around and they just said it's amazing. Just the, the acceleration, the way it rides is, mm. is very true to how you would think it is. You just feel like you're a, a pro athlete and yeah, it's got a much higher top speed. So the reality is you can go meet the guys at 5.30 in the morning and keep up with them. You can go on a Sunday cruise and, and keep up with uh, really anybody who, who you want to on the road.
0: I've got to. Uh, I think that uh, this coming weekend there's going to be thirty-two, thirty-three degrees. I uh, I'm going to come and just use it for the weekend. If you, I know, I know you definitely won't be using it this weekend. Why not? Because I know you'll be on your e-bike. You'll be up at uh, Chapman's Peak on your on your other bike, and you've got about fifteen bikes to choose from. I think I'm going to have to test That's test fine. that. I'm always um, I'm
1: always happy to step aside for an enthusiastic demo uh, 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 rider, s-
0: especially when there's e involved. I'm I'm <laughs> really keen, uh, and maybe I'm going to try and see what what I've been really excited about is battery life. This is something that I've I've been really experimenting with, and uh, it comes down again to uh, and this is for any e kind of person buying an e-bike and doing any kind of distance with is that you can you can really and Giant make. It's it easy through an app that you can download to your mobile phone. But you can gauge how far you've gotten. and you can even, if you want to take it one step further, you can preload what you want to do on it, and it'll tell you where you need to be, and it'll adjust everything according to where you need to be and how you, you well,
1: know how you can make it with, I, a, with a battery. I haven't tested it yet, and I and I want to believe him. but it's so sci-fi that I don't. But apparently, the app you can actually link your heart rate monitor yeah. to the app, yeah, and you can say, "I want my heart rate to be zone two or not more than one hundred and fifty beats." On. And it will actually auto adjust the power assist to try and moderate your heart rate. Which, I, I mean, that is just yeah. That's, that's where we the are. Way of the future, and that, that's and, and, we and we are. are there already. But yeah. I, until I tested myself, I'm. I'm not going to confirm that.
0: Well, listen, we've got an exciting time between now and, uh, of course, Absa Cape, Epic, and uh, importantly as well in the Western Cape, the uh, Cape Town Cycle Tour. Um, one thing's for sure, Jason and I will be back. We'll be talking more uh, on the cycling world, uh, innovations that are coming out from around the world. We'll be talking a bit more about what we can expect in these months. Uh, Europe is seeing now that they're, 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 they're moving, they're transitioning out of winter into summer. It's an exciting time in Europe. You've just come back. There's still snow, plenty of snow around, but it's that gradual transition where people are starting to thaw out uh, get back on their bikes um, not that it stopped them and it went in Europe but this is the time that they're starting to get excited about the possibility of spring around the corner
1: yeah I mean you know now the guys are on snow bikes a little bit uh, I didn't want to tempt fate and, and wipe out there. I survived a snowboard I thought two wheels on, on snow wasn't going to work for me but the thing is you're on those slopes and, and in summer they're just as busy. You know, There's yeah. a chairlift up and you ride down and you hone your skills and you do the jumps and you have a rad time on the trail. So I think next is is uh, hitting, hitting those same uh, parks in summer. Can't wait. Jason and I will be back
0: next week weather-wise for the next couple of days around the country uh, looking at Johannesburg. Johannesburg will start there. Uh, I know it's been on and off with your weather in terms of uh, thunder showers in the late afternoons and that is typical of this time of the year and typical of summer uh, in South Africa. However, Johannesburg this coming week it's uh, thundershowers on Saturday, 22 degrees the high. Uh, thundershowers from the afternoon, uh, but morning's clear. a Nice 13-degree start. Sunday, 12-degree start. Highs of 23 with clear skies. That is in Johannesburg. Cape Town this coming weekend. Well, I mentioned it's going to be a stinker. It is indeed. Um, it's going to be mid-20s. The wind will blow from the afternoon, so get out early in the morning. No signs of rain, but uh, like I said, just heavy, heavy windy conditions in the afternoon. Go and enjoy your weekend wherever you are. And Jason and I will be back with time. I'm in the saddle next week.